From News Hub, it's the Cup Podcast. I'm Tom McRae. And I'm Mel Chan Green. Brought to you by MasterCard. Kia ora and welcome to the Cup News Hub's America's Cup podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for this last edition where we wrap up what was probably one of the most exciting days that uh, I think Melissa and myself uh, had at work. Although we were working, we did get uh, a chance to sort of enjoy and sort of soak in that. Incre- How much did you enjoy it, Tom? Well, it was slightly frenetic, but um, I think... It was great. Yeah, looking, looking back on it and, you know, once we've had time to soak it all in and, and take it in, it was really incredible scenes down in that viaduct. Like, you know, you remember watching the footage of back in 2000 when they last defended it in Auckland and you've sort of realised that this might have even been a step up from that. It was pretty exciting. It was and I think just with what we've been through over the last year that was what made crowds so excited as well and so excited to be out and celebrating and doing something that a lot of the rest of the world can't do at the moment. Um, Mark Orams, AUT sailing professor and former Team New Zealand member would have been lucky enough to be there. Uh, Our sailor girl, Australian sailor and commentator Nick Douglas in Australia was not lucky enough to be there but is lucky enough to join us today (laughs) with Mark so thank you both very much for being with us today. Um, I'll start with you, Nick. Watching it from afar, what was that like? Because mm. normally you would be here. Normally you're covering these I events. know. Indeed, we were standing next to each other in the media pit in Bermuda and, oh gosh, soaking up the action there as well when Emirates Team New Zealand took the win there. I uh, I had uh, updated my, my cover profile picture on Facebook yesterday to me giving Ashby a big hug when I saw him. (laughs) Uh, I've I've got the mic in my hand at full extension on my lead because I've just run over to grab him and give him a big hug. So very different to to watching from afar. But my gosh, how many people did you squeeze into that viaduct? (laughs) It was unbelievable. Well, they had to close it off in the end because um, there was security concerns. There were just so many people piling in. Mark, were you one of them? Uh, no, actually, oh, I wasn't. What? I was stuck up in my little, stuck up in the little man cave, um, doing the <laughs> blog because that continued on through the, um, through the the presentation and so on. But um, but Nick, just so you know, your your favourite uh, Glenn Asprey, he's one of ours now. You, you realise <laughs> we're, we're not we're, we're not letting yeah. him back across the ditch. He does you a pretty are, good never, Kiwi accent. <laughs> I know. I don't think we're, we're we're not getting him back, and I don't think we'd get Jimmy back from the Italians either. I think they're they're both gone. <laughs> yeah, Do you think, yeah. Um, we 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 uh, christened him a quasi Glen Ashby. He's a Kiwi Aussie, um, and we we love him dearly. He's a magnificent human being, great sailor, and his kids now, Nick. You'll be pleased to know have a very strong Kiwi accent. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. He's been living down there for something like thirteen years now, and hey, you know, happy happy to share him because my gosh, it was such a Awesome spectacle! The America's Cup uh, this time around. I have I have to say uh, that the cup match was absolutely brilliant, top of the line. So uh, well done to both teams from from my point of view for putting on a great show. It is nice to talk about. So Glenn Ashby. When, are we, when are we going to get an Aussie? When are we going to get an Aussie team in this event? We've well, got, yes, oh right, your, your nation like ours has got this amazing sailing heritage. I mean, just mm. na- names like Tom Slingsby, Nathan Outridge, let alone Jimmy Spittle and mm. and Glenn Ashby. So what's going on, mate? Why, why well, are you guys in the game? Well, like you said, we can't get any of them back off you guys. So what are we meant to do? <laughs> <laughs> I think Nathan Outridge is pretty keen. 
Yeah, Nathan's pretty keen. Tom slings he's pretty keen. Oh, no, we played him too. He, he's, yeah. he's married to a good Kiwi girl, lives south of the beach, he's got a couple of she's, kids born here. So, no, he loves ours too. Sorry. I know. Yeah, yeah. See, so if you keep adopting them all, what am I meant to do? Just do it on my own? I mean, really, no. Well, I think... it, it, it's <laughs> nice to see the boot on the other foot now, mate. After all of the blooming Kiwis you've claimed over the, the, the centuries, but do you think that now that Team New Zealand has uh, retained the America's Cup that this makes it more likely for an Australian entry next time around? You know, there's been so much chat about this over the past few days. I did my rap show last night uh, for for yesterday. I, I wasn't going to do a show yesterday. I thought I might just do one today because everyone might be partying. But um, all the Australians were actually really keen to discuss that very fact when will we see an you know an Australian syndicate or however it works out back in the cup and I think the Aussie public want it sooner or later they uh, they weren't quite sure who to barrack for in this cup until they realized there was an Australian on both teams and they could jump on the bandwagon either way <laughs> but um but um but but to be fair I, I think Tom Slingsby did give it a good shunt last time around but it just didn't happen um John Bertrand is a good friend of mine and and we're always talking about how it could be possible I'm not sure if it will be possible the next time around maybe we're talking two three four years down the line because the, the heritage and the culture that you have within Team New Zealand this was I believe your 10th attempt uh, at the America's Cup you've now defended it twice which is historical in itself. Uh, so you've won it four times, which is incredible. And there's an immense amount of heritage in that unit and that culture and the way that your nation gets behind the team, which is really beautiful to see. And, and I would love for Australia to get involved in the way that, that you guys do. And, uh, and, and it really is inspirational to countries like Australia that we should, we should follow suit, basically. We would love for you to come over and for us to be you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know you would. It would be I even more would. enjoyable. <laughs> but would it, Mark, would it be coming over here? Do you think it's, what are the chances that the next America's Cup will be in New Zealand? Of course, of course most of us would say absolutely. It, it should be here and it should be in all. And that's why we want to bet so much uh, of ourselves, um, our emotional energy as well as uh, taxpayer and ratepayer dollars into it and in the current COVID environment raising that kind of money is not easy so that's the challenge in front of Grant Dalton um, and the, the leadership of, of Emirates Team New Zealand uh, I'm just fresh from chatting with the Mayor, Auckland Mayor Phil Goff who is saying look we can, they cannot compete um, funding wise with say the billionaires in the UK or in the mm. Middle East so the money is not going to come from central or local government to compete so i mean how do we get around that nick yeah well i um i know that ineos team uk for this campaign took put up something like 120 million sterling uh is what was invested which is a lot less than what uh, emirates team new zealand worked with and luna rossa prada pirelli were working with something like 60 million euros so a lot less than Ineos. And this is the least that uh, Lunarossa Prada Prelli spent the least they've spent on a campaign this time around and had their most successful campaign, which is fantastic to see. Um, so maybe that's a, a good sign. But I, um, 
I am, you know, finding funding is definitely the most difficult thing. I would have loved to see a a Netherlands entry in this with a female skipper, but that fell through. Stars and Stripes fell through. There were a few teams that couldn't make it this time around because of funding, and it's only going to be more difficult due to the COVID pandemic. So these uh, challenger of record rumours that we're hearing about Ineos Team UK presenting a a challenge to the Royal New New Zealand Yacht Squadron, I think are very real because there could be some funding that comes from uh, some sort of agreement with, with them or even a location that might be external to New Zealand. So that's what we're hearing at the moment. Nothing's confirmed, of course, yet. Sounds like they want to do a, a, big, a big launch event in the coming days, uh, so to speak, and reveal the details. Mark, is it more important to retain the cup overseas or to keep it here and lose the cup? Oh gosh, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> having having been part of the team in 2003, I, I can tell you right now, Tom, it it, it was devastating. Um, it, it was devastating not just to lose the way that we did, but to see the cup taken away from your mates. Um, you know, the guys who sat alongside you and uh, and worked alongside you in the team just three years earlier, and there they were holding a couple of and taking it off to somewhere called Switzerland, which, you know, doesn't even have sea around it, it, it really hurt. Um, and and it, I would just really struggle uh, to see that kind of uh, possibility happen again. And, and make no mistake, if, if all of the talent and the leadership of the team is taken away into a competitive team, you've got a very strong possibility of that happening again. So... Um, I, I think, however, that there's there's a compromise. I mean, we Kiwis, one of the things that Team New Zealand's done really well is to think creatively um, and to be innovative and to push things out a little bit. Uh, and and here's, here's an idea. There is nothing to stop the Challenger record with the agreement of the Defender to hold the Challenger series in different locations around the world. You know, Round Robin 1 could be in, uh, in Newport, Rhode Great Island. Idea. Round 4, Round Robin 2 could be could be in Cagliari, Italy, Round Robin 3 could be in, in Portsmouth in the UK, and then all the teams come down to New Zealand for the summer and do Round Robin 4, semi-finals and finals, and then the America's Cup itself is in Auckland. Mm. Then you've got something to sell the multinational sponsors, you've got something to to sort of keep people happy in the Northern Hemisphere. So, so and, and of course that would be good for the sport, right? You've got more opportunities for people to see these amazing boats and the pinnacle yeah. of the sport. Um, so let's let's think creatively about solving this as opposed to just the sort of well, it's either somewhere else or in Auckland. We we can spread it around, but the cup itself was won by the Royal New Zealand Yacht Squadron. That is located on the waterfront in Auckland, the city of Sales, and that's where it should be hosted uh, for the thirty seventh edition. That's a, that's a brilliant take on it. Sorry, I just I'll just say um that, that's actually a, a really good solution. And and my hats are off to the Kiwis and Emirates Team New Zealand for what you guys have achieved in the past two cycles on on a very limited budget. So it's not surprising that you are as creative as as you are. Um, sorry to interrupt you, Tom. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was just wanting to get your reaction to that. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Well, we might not know exactly where the next America's Cup will be held. We have a pretty good idea that they're definitely going to be the AC75s will be raced next time. Nick, a a good thing? I think it's a great thing. I I have to say that 
it only has to help the cup if we could see, you know, a, a, a third, fourth generation vote for the teams that are already established with the AC75s. And while the next line of votes may not be brilliant, they could be modified by other teams that are coming in and buying in at a lesser rate. So that does make it a little bit more achievable for syndicates or countries that haven't been involved with this particular cycle being AC36. And Mark, I know you're a big fan of the AC75. Oh, I, I just think they're awesome, mate. I, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've created we've created a Formula One of the sport of sailing that's just so exciting. But I've got a question for you, Nick. Yeah. Grinders, redundant yeah. or not? Do we keep them hamsters on a wheel, just turning around to keep the accumulators filled up so you can press buttons and adjust the sails? I mean, there are there are six guys there on the boat who all they're doing is putting their head down for the twenty five minutes of each race and just winding the uh, the pedestals. That's it. Um, do we still is that is that what we want to do? Well, that's a that's a really tough question too. And I can tell you now, I know quite a few grinders from the Australia two days as well, and 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 they were crossovers from rowing back in the day as well. A lot of them, so there's a, a, a synergy there. Uh, but I think that if there's going to be less ropes and less sails. We do have to have some moving parts. Uh, there's a lot of people looking at the AC75, and I love it. I Like you say, I'm a lover of Formula One too, so um, that's been one of my COVID um, loves, actually. I've been able to watch all the Formula One. But, uh, but during the racing, there are a lot of people going, where's the hoist? Where's the douse? Where's the movement, uh, you know, old school sailing? Um, so maybe if we lost the grinders, would it look like they are just racing a car? So, mm. you know, we, I, I, I'm sort of torn because I do want them to still be sailing and still generating their own power because that to me makes it the difference between a car and a boat uh, or, or the difference between a car and sailing, which has always been man, you know, man-powered or woman-powered, I should say, uh, or both. <laughs> So, you know, that, that would be really interesting. What I'd like to see uh, potentially is, is a dual helm set up and maybe we have to have one woman and one man. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. now you're talking. There you go. <laughs> one there you go. Well, that was, my, that was my follow-on question, right? Because, I mean, the, the grinders at the moment, they're, they're, there is not going to be hoists and dousing, not in these apparent wind boats. I mean, the Code yeah. Zero's got chucked out right at the beginning. They're just too fast and the apparent mm. wind's too far forward. So that ain't going to happen. No. So next step, if you have the six grinders, is put them down below because they're out of the windage, right? Then they yeah. genuinely become hamsters on a wheel down 100%. there just winding and then away. They look, then it will become like an F1 car, right? They'll just become completely – I mean, think about Gen 5 of the AC75. They'll only be the helm and the tactician up on deck. Literally, you'll have a helm oh. each side and a tactician running around the back. The jib trimmer will be down yeah. below because he'll be watching a screen. So we've got to be really careful here, I think, about – how much um how much we we lose to sailing and how much we lose to Formula One and aerodynamics um because if I think I think that the diehard sailors might be a little bit turned off if it does turn into a just a just an aerodynamic fest as opposed to an actual uh, you know an actual sailing race but I, I'm completely with you I'd love to see them actually you know turning some ropes rather than just just um just turning the wheel so to speak. Maybe the Ineos setup yeah. is a bit better with the, the screens. Because you remember with the Ineos boat, they were all looking out, the grinders, and they actually could add yeah. to the tactics. 
maybe those those guys might have actually even seen a little bit of the race but but on a lot yeah. of the other boats they tuck so low down that they sort of look up after 20 minutes five minutes I think and say well, well what, what happened how do we, how do we go <laughs> yeah. uh, if I can just um, uh, jump back to a point you were um, talking about earlier, Nick, about yeah. women on board and female skippers. There was actually <laughs> a, a moment I noticed on stage last night, which I thought was really lovely, where the um, team pushed all the female members of their forward. support crew forward mm. to lift up the carp. Um, and, of course, Sail GP is coming up and there are uh, female members. How, how long bef- do you think it'll be before we see females back in the America's Cup? on, on well, board, you know, as sailing crew? It's actually, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's a hard question because we want our best sailors to go forward to compete when they're competing for our country. And when there's this much money involved, as we've already spoken about, we want our best sailors to go forward. And until our females have the opportunity to become as skilled as the men, then we're going to keep putting men forward for the America's Cup. I think, and, you know, in, until we have sailors that are girls and sailors that are guys and we don't have girls and guys they're just sailors uh i think we're still going to see a bit of a split in the gender shift which is where um sail gp and having a compulsory woman or the you know the volvo ocean race now the ocean race having a compulsory two women on board or you're down two crew members was a a good move just to help upskill those women Uh, but in 1962 i saw a picture during this america's cup that was shared with me and the dinner for the America's Cup. So the actual prize giving in the room for the prize giving, it's an entire room, maybe 2,000 men, no women in the room at all. Mm. So That's just disappointing. Two, so we have that changed. Would, that wouldn't be a particularly fun <laughs> evening. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the sport's already come a long way and we've got to remember that it's it has come a long way and the fact that there are women starting to get involved in the shore crew and in in mm. the technology side and in the planning side, that's all really positive because the more women that we get involved there, the more women might be encouraged to actually, you know, step up and, and come through the generational ranks as well. So mm-hmm. the thing that I'm saying to everybody at the moment is if if you're sort of my age, which is mid, mid-30s, mid um, any, any woman that you see that's having a go that's in her 20s, you know, really push her to try and take her sailing to the next level because we need them to be getting upskilled now if they're going to be able to match it with with some of the boys, if good, that makes sense. Good call. Good call. Hey, uh, just before we yeah, wrap just up, to, just to add to what yeah, just to add to what Nick was saying. Of course, what we missed out on this time, which was a real shame, and it was because of COVID, was the Youth America's Cup. Oh, for sure. And that was a great that was a Thank great you. innovation that started in mm-hmm. San Francisco. And of course, the first winners of the Youth America's Cup were um, Peter Berlin and Blair Chu. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they went on to to win the real big show in, in Bermuda. Uh, and this edition of the Youth America's Cup had two female youth crew members and they were selected uh, and all ready to go but unfortunately got um, canned because of COVID. But that's I think a great innovation and to come to Nick's point if you're going to develop the talent give them the opportunity give them the opportunity to experience sailing at the highest level and they will learn and they will rise in their skill level and have the ability to compete equally with men. So I think the Youth America's Cup is a, a, is a really um, powerful way to do that and uh, mm. I just really hope that we get to see more of that. Absolutely. And I think it was Annabelle Voss sailed with the UK America's uh, Youth America's Cup team in Bermuda and was on board with the one of the teams that was on the podium and that was a a big step up for her and, and, and it is true that's something that we missed and 
maybe we need to have a Youth America's Cup at all of the stopovers that you were talking about as well, um, Mark, with the round robin. I love that we've just made that a thing. I love that that's, yeah, yeah. Ju- that's yeah. just the Everyone plan now. <laughs> you know, you heard plan. it on on the Cup podcast first. You should. We should copyright it and then take and then take it take it to uh, yeah. to, the, to Team New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, hey, like a plan. <laughs> thank you both so much uh, for joining us. There's obviously so much to unpack from the America's Cup that we've uh, just seen wrap up, but uh, it's really exciting talking about the future too. So that's um, Sailor Girl, Nick Douglas at Sailor Girl HQ if you want to look her up, check her channels, and um, Mark Oram's AUT Sailing Professor and, of course, former Team New Zealand member. And, Tom, that's, well, it almost brings us to the end of the Cup in the Cup podcast. I can't believe it. I know. It seems like it's gone extremely fast, even if this last week or so has gone quite slowly. <laughs> with wind delays and everything like that. But it's been pretty incredible, especially, you know, to have it here in our home city as well, right? Absolutely. A highlight for you yesterday? Uh, yesterday, I think it was just seeing the crowds of people. There was a sense of relief that we could even do this, that, mm. you know, 40,000 people could cram into the viaduct um, and and just enjoy the spectacle of it, um, you know, and, and that everyone just got behind it. Uh, like, yeah. I guess we sort of always knew everyone, as soon as the America's Cup comes around, we know that Kiwis are just going to, you know, jump into it, boots and all. And it was just really awesome to see. The atmosphere down there was incredible. It was, it was. You know, as, as big as any any event, any sporting event I've ever, um, you know, been a part of in New Zealand, yeah. easily. I think um, for me, I, I agree, the crowds um, watching the families of the sailors in particular, but really I think it was seeing the sailors actually on the stage just letting their hair down, um, not kind of worrying about any races coming up, not worrying about what they were going to say to the media. They just kind of were loose. Let it all go. It was yeah. good. Um, because oh, this just must be something that has been so stressful. I, I have spoken to many of the families and they say it just consumes them. And to come to the end and just be able to celebrate together like that was such a, a cool thing to witness. And you were actually up on stage yeah. with them. I, I don't know quite how that happened. I didn't. I, I didn't drink out of the cup. So <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I, um, there was just one other little thing I wanted. I wanted to add. Um, you know, a, a lot's talked about, you know, the next generations coming through and seeing their heroes up on stage and it makes it real for them. And I, you know, I understand that, but I never really experienced it for myself until I took my little four and a half year old boy along to the village, not yesterday, you know, earlier in the, in the cup. And he just took it all in and you could see, you know, watching the dock out show and seeing the guys on stage. You could it was the first time he's got really interested in any sport of any kind. Aww. And um, he's taken it back to his kindy and now all of them are obsessed. All they do <laughs> is play America's Cup. You know, they know American Magic that was the one that capsized. They know all about the intricacies of it and all the sailors' names and everything like that. And you kind of go, oh, yeah, this is how it starts. This is how, like, a, a passion or a hobby or just mm. something, you know, outside of the what you do of every an day. Idea. Yeah, this is how it begins. And I think that's really easy to underestimate, but it's, it's a real thing. And I, I didn't really see that until um, this week.
Well, I hope in 20 years' time you get the exclusive interview with Team New Zealand sailor <laughs> Leo McRae and it will be right here on the Cup Podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so, otherwise... Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> well, and thanks so much for listening. Uh, you've been uh, listening to the Cup Podcast. I'm Melissa Changree, joined by Tom McRae. You've been listening to News Hub's The Cup Podcast. For more, visit newshub.co.nz slash podcasts.